BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club September edition. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if there's ever a month for a book club, it's September. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, October, too. It, it feels sure is. so right to be doing what we're doing in the month of September. Especially in this weather. Especially in this weather. Back to school. Snitch is wearing a turtleneck. It just makes, <laughs> you, it makes you want to curl up with a good book. And that's what we did this month. That is what we did. We also happen to be recording in the midst of an evening with a ton of rain. It's like prime it's book club weather. It's so booky. Yes. Like, I just, I, the only thing would be better is if we were reading right now in the yeah. rain. You with know? a mug of tea. In our Redheads mugs, which you can get at shopmorningtoast.com under the Redheads tabs. Wow, we just ate dinner. That's why we're so happy. Yeah. Energized. Nice to each other. Yes. 100% full bellies, full hearts. <laughs> full bellies, full hearts. Like, I have a blanket on. I'm here to stay. And plus, we had a good book yeah. that we are able to talk about. Snitch, you done good. I'm so happy. Or well, did you? Or did you? Shut I mean, up. I don't, know what, I don't know what everyone thinks yet. I look forward to getting into it. But before we do, I just want to check in with everyone. Dana, you've been so quiet. You Waiting have. your turn. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited for September. Not excited to go back to work in a few weeks. I'm like the only company standing that's still requiring us to go back three days a week starting next week. So uh, that's just been on my mind. But otherwise, can't wait for the fall. It's been so fucking hot out every single day that like I'm just excited for some cooler weather. I totally Same. agree. Fall is the is the season of reading. And today I actually realized how long the summer truly has been. Yeah. Because I was thinking of things that happened in the beginning of yeah. what I guess was summer and I was like holy fuck that was so long ago. Like Nashville? But we were all that was spring. Yes. I know it but it was May. summer. No, that was May. It was Guys, summery. May is spring. Um, okay. And June 21st is oh, the beginning wow. of summer. So much so. for us being nice to each other. <laughs> Just like, you're wrong. Because my first day is coming in spring. Full force. Wow. Okay, Sancho, I'm sorry that we came for you in that way. Bex, how are you? I'm so great. I actually sort of feel similarly about our summer sentiment. Like, I'm kind of ready for fall, which I never am. But I think we were out of practice from, like, not having summer last summer. Mm-hmm. That, like, we are, like, defeated. Uh-huh. And we're, like, ready to just take a few cozy weekends, day drink in the city, get back to our roots. Yeah. 100%. But I have been... I moved recently, which has been phenomenal. I'm exploring my new neighborhood. And the most amazing part is that there is a farmer's market very nearby. And I obviously went this morning in the rain because I'm a fucking (laughs) diehard attendee to this farmer's market. And it's just been amazing. So much fresh produce, ladies. (laughs) That is exciting. Union Square. I am a like addicted like someone has to like pull my cash and hide it because all of my money all of my like paychecks are going to the farmer's do market do they see credit card or no? yeah some oh. vendors usually it's over ten dollars so are you just buying produce or do they have like other local fare a ton of local fare meats chicken eggs produce flowers of course uh breads i've been doing a lot of breads which has been interesting for the waistline however I can't help myself treat yourself I treat yeah. yourself treat and yourself. I'm like it's local yeah no it's farm to table it really is and this farmer's market it's like these farmers come from all over like we don't realize how lucky we are like two hours away they're driving to get to New York for this farmer's market and like it's in our neighborhood yeah I <laughs> when I was upstate on the way back we passed some epic looking farmer's markets with some really great advertising like the farmer's market would say like a mile away and like Every 200 feet, there was a sign like corn, fresh apples, oranges, pies. Like, and it just like kept going until you hit the market. And by the time you hit the market, you're like, fuck, I need a I pie. Go. Yeah, I gotta, gotta go. go. I gotta go. <laughs> Got them. 
Yeah, so I do appreciate um, the appreciation for the farmer's market. I'd love for you to join me one day of Redhead's outing. I don't know will. that Jackie's going to Union yeah, Square. Yeah, I would sooner go to the farm two hours away than Union Square. Yeah. You actually would. That's so true. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into this episode. Oh, so um, I don't get a check-in? Sorry, Satchelor. How are you? I'm scared to ask. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, everything's go good with you? Yeah, everything's good with me. We're so excited to have you here. We're so excited to talk to you. I missed you so much. I never see you anymore, ever. So these podcasts are great for catching up with you. That's true. I feel like I have seen you. No, you haven't. No, I feel like I actually have. And okay. you're making things up. No, I haven't no. seen you, Snatchler. I think you're gaslighting me. Well, you weren't at the spritz party, and that's your fault. I know. I was mm. on vacation, and that's also my fault but it was amazing <laughs> yeah and still you never see your campers but it's fine it's fine the bunk goes on and we have the next hour for me to just torture you to and ameliorate I, and I look forward to doing that okay I can't wait how are you Jackie I'm good thanks I guess this is the first episode since my pregnancy has been out there yes. and that's exciting the I, most exciting you can follow along with my pregnancy journey on my Instagram Jackie Ashray or you know even more in depth on our patreon patreon.com slash the morning toast but I've honestly been reading so much because I have a lot of time in the bed, you know, just trying not to watch TV because it does like give me a headache or like not great for my nausea. So last year I read a lot because it was quarantine and this year I'm reading a lot because I'm pregnant. So I have a lot to contribute to these episodes and, and that's good. That's Love good. that for yeah. you, Jax. So let's talk about this book. We read We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lang. It was a snitch's choice and she deviated from the snitchy path I would say and I think it, it paid off handsomely for her. I think so too. So this book is about an Irish Catholic family called the Brennans. There's four kids. We have Denny, Sunday, Jackie, boy Jackie and Shane and the story sort of revolves around Sunday. She has been living in LA for five years and now she's coming home because she got into a drunk driving accident and throughout the story we find out why she left and why she didn't come back. She had her longtime love in her hometown. His name is Kale. He's really just like a member of the family at this point. He owns a bar with her brother, and the bar is not doing well. The family's not doing well. It seems like ever since Sunday left, you know, there's mm -hmm. been a missing piece. And you could feel she, her absence. So she's coming back. She, the family is starting to heal. She needs to deal with the trauma that caused her to leave, which was that she... Um, had a, an awful experience with a bartender in the town over who the family knew was like a local kid Billy Walsh and he um lured her into going upstairs at the bar she fell down the stairs and she didn't know it but she was pregnant and she miscarried with Kale's baby and the shame of all of it caused her to leave and her mom and yeah, a lot of factors um, factored into her decision making and she's just really unpacking all of that and everybody is healing together. That was Nature a phenomenal is summary, Jax. Thank you. Nature is, the Brennans are healing. Yeah. So let's get into our overall thoughts on the book. Did we like it? What did or didn't we like? Snitch, we will start with you as it was a snitch's choice. I loved this book so much. I literally couldn't put it down. I think I read it in four hours. Like, I just, it had, like, it had remnants of everything that I liked. Like, there was still, like, you know, that, not, like, YA, but, like, YA-ish vibe that, like, I loved. But then there was, like, a little bit more for the people who need, like, a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but I really just, I was so just enthralled. I was like, I just need to know what's going to happen. And I need to finish this book. Um, but, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. Like, I haven't liked a book this much in a, in a decently long time. Wow, I'm so glad. Let's throw it to Dana. What did you think? I'm so happy for you, Snitch. Thank you. I um, didn't like it as much as you. That's fair. I thought it was very solid. Like, I don't think I'd recommend it necessarily to somebody if they asked for a book. But I enjoyed reading it. I had an easy time reading it. I agree that it wasn't so YA, corny, cringy. Like, yes. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that. No point was I was like, oh my God, eye roll. I did hate how it was like such a buildup every chapter. Like, wait, I have a question. And then they got interrupted. Like, I couldn't really deal with that crap. Okay. <laughs> and I spent the whole time being like, okay, get to the point. And I kind of feel like from chapter one, we knew that Kale and Sunday would end up back together. It was just a matter of time of how long it was going to take and how. So I don't love books where you're just like knowing the ending and waiting for that expectation. I actually wasn't sure if Me they too. were going to end up together because I was like, maybe too much has happened. And he does have a wife and a child now. And maybe 
maybe for both of them they just need a clean slate yeah and they'll be in each other's lives as like best friends but maybe there's just too much history and they can't get past it so I I wasn't sure and then we had like Michael the lawyer really like looking good and I was like (laughs) maybe it's Michael the lawyer's time I know yeah yeah I didn't know especially like he had a kid with this That's woman. Fair. That was like so obvious, but like something was going to happen. They yeah. were either going to like kiss and regret it or like, I don't know. I just felt like the whole yeah. book was waiting to see what that was. Yeah. And it really took a long time. Yeah. Bex, what did you think? I totally agree with Dana. I thought it was solid. I liked it. I really did snitch. I promise. Okay. Don't come for me. I'm not. I thought you were going to come for me. No, I was just teasing. Um, I thought it was very solid. I like that the book started with a car accident and we thought it was going to go one direction and then it ended up like totally going in a different direction. I really liked getting to know the Brennan family and kind of getting like a glimpse into this dynamic, which felt very special and wholesome in a lot of ways, but also dark in some other ways. And just like a peek into family drama that I feel like is very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um and I just appreciated like how interconnected they were. It honestly like reminded me of like you and your sisters. Like I think maybe totally. that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, could that could force yeah. siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I there was a lot about the family dynamic that I think I really liked, but then also, and we'll talk about this in some of the questions, I felt like there was a lot of stuff that I actually didn't relate to as someone who comes from a family of four. I'm like, yeah, oh I actually sure. that would not happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I but don't know. It I might to- also be different like with brothers and you know, and just everything is different. But I, my thoughts, I really did like it. I read it in a day, read it much faster than I thought I was going to because I just, it was easy reading. I liked really all of the characters too. Like I liked Sunday, Mm -hmm. I liked Kale and there were shifting perspectives, but like it wasn't taking you so off course. Like the sentence ended and then the next chapter ended with the sentence again. I loved that. It was so continuous while also switching POV. So you really got to understand a lot of the characters, which I really liked like even Vivian had a chapter and we're like oh she really did trap Kale into yeah. marrying her yeah okay, I mean good to know. Uh, there I was one know. justice for Vivian like what? justice for Vivian. was down for her disagree he she fully trapped him no she didn't she's like, taking her birth control okay but not because she had an agenda she was just like whatever happens happens no no, no like, she fully had an agenda she like had an agenda she said she was like I used to watch girls like Sunday like 100% and then she's I with Sunday's she ex handled Sunday's return like actually kind of well well because she didn't want to lose Kale and what, she knew that she had to act like a human what else could she have done been more psycho and been like well then he would have been like alright bye could he have? Like, it's her husband and they have a kid. Like, I would have well, been more what, psycho He ended up sure. doing that anyway. He ended up doing that anyway and she acted normal, so. I guess. I felt for her. I don't know. I would be, like, put yourself in her shoes. Your husband's ex-girlfriend comes back and they're spending every time second together and now he's acting like a freak. Right, but, right. Like, but she, she trapped him. She moved in on him when he was not healed at all and, like, she didn't care that, like, he wasn't over his ex. Like, she also probably could have predicted this happening. Yeah, like, like if Sunday ever comes back, I have a problem. Because it's not like, like, she helped him get over drinking a lot and showed him how to have fun again. But, like, he never got over Sunday. And she knew that. And she was just riding this high of, like, Sunday's not coming back. I don't know. I feel like he was... Not over her, but he compartmentalized well enough that if she never came back, he genuinely would have been happy. He would have been. Yes. He would have stayed with her for I sure. Agree. And that's what and Vivi- happily though, like right. not on. But the minute Sunday came back, yeah. like Vivian knew the jig was up. Yeah, yeah and, and he Vivian did had- say that Vivian would never know him or like truly know who he was, and that he always felt that like he was kind of like alone, like a stranger, like in his own marriage, which yeah. is unfulfilling. Yeah, that's true. I know, but then I'm like, I don't know. She wants to move to the nicer part of town. Sounds luxurious. Like he's like, I but that's never- so not him. That's not who, <sighs> what he wants. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like she seems like a. a a, you know a, a decent ambitious girl and I hope she gets everything she's looking for she like, just seems like Kale, she went after the wrong guy Kale like, is not her man no exactly okay and her mom knew that I will say I also thought it was too long the book yes I, th- I, I think short I don't know I just thought that like they kept unpacking like the same thing in like a bit of a different angle and I was like we've unpacked this already like and then we get unpacked another chapter later and I was like oh we've unpacked this twice already like we could maybe just end the book yeah interesting they, they wanted to get a lot of perspectives on the same matter yeah which was kind of interesting because there were so many secrets that you're like oh I'd like to hear what she thinks about this mm-hmm. but I agree at points it was overkill I hear that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, like what I don't was know, like, for example, like, they, we, the readers knew that the dad did it. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 
And I thought that the dad, you know, and he called the captain in Ireland and made it so that, like, the detective in New York knew that it was probably, like, the IRA who was coming after Billy and everything was going to be fine. And he could have just had, the, I mean, the author could have just had the kids, like, really think, like, wow, what a strange coincidence and, like, never know. But then, like, they have to come back. They have to get the gun. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, you know, it's, and what are they going to do about it? Nothing. Right. Nothing's going to change. They got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the dad's affair, I feel like, was kind of hammered out. Like, you learn about it then and then you learn about it again and then you learn it. It's like we got it. They had an affair, and like everyone's gonna find out on their own time. And also, like <laughs> Sunday deciding like to not tell Kale, like that part was just so drawn out. Like all the reasons why she didn't tell Kale, and then like all the reasons like once they spoke about like telling Kale, and then like Kale's perspective about like why didn't you tell me? I deserve to know. And like That's then like fair. still like to the last chapter, it's like so should we talk about it? And I'm just like yeah, you've already done it two hundred times. To like, us, we talked. Okay, that's fair. That is a fair. I understand. Criticism. I'm glad I asked. Now let's get into the DBQs. Before we do, I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Pura Vita. Pura Vita is one of the coolest apparel and accessory brands out there, and giving back has always been at the core of what they do. Pura Vita was started by two California surfers who went to Costa Rica and fell in love with the art and laid-back lifestyle. They began partnering with Costa Rican artisans to create beautiful braided bracelets, selling millions each year. A portion of what they make goes back to causes you care about. They now partner with over 200 charities and employ over 800 artists artisans worldwide. Pura Vita's fair trade apparel and artisan-made accessories are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and just so cool. So Pura Vita is mostly known for their bracelets, which are like really cool braided designs. But I recently got a sweatshirt from Pura Vita that I can't stop wearing and is so comfortable. It's tie-dye. It's so cute. They have jewelry that's so affordable. The bracelets start at $6 and rings start at $12. They have buttery soft fair trade cotton tees and hoodies with custom art graphics and almost every style gives back to charity too. It's cool, comfy, and casual clothing made for living in. So Pura Vita, look good and do good. To get 20% off your Pura Vita order, text BOOK to 38817. That's BOOK to 38817. 8817 to get 20% off at Pura Vida. Terms apply available at puravidabracelets.com slash terms. Text book to 38817. DBQs. I found a great reader's guide online. Thank oh, you. Love. Thank you to whatever website it was. Thank you to this man. Thank you to the first <laughs> Google search of book club reader's guide for the We Are the Brennans. First up, long-held secrets play a central role in the plot. Do you think important secrets can ever be kept without causing some kind of damage? Short answer for me, yes. Same. Yes. Yes, of course. A secret like this? No. I think it really depends on, you're right, the secret and to the person keeping it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a strong enough person with a composition of like, I can compartmentalize, then yes. But if you're the sort of person who's going to be constantly thinking about the secret, it's inevitably going to change all the dynamics around you because like you can't act normally. You can't be yourself. So then everyone's like, what's wrong? And then you can't tell them and things change. Like if you're going to keep a secret, you have to like be a little Commit to it. We've talked about this before. What book was it? was like the oh husband, husband secret, secret. Yeah. yeah and my, well, I, my more, stance is that, identical absolutely keep a secret that was more about one would you go seeking out if you knew someone else had a secret like and you had this letter would you open if it said do not open yeah but I agree with you Dana like I feel not that Sunday wasn't strong but like what she went through affected every relationship in her life mm-hmm. mostly her relationship with Kale so she couldn't have stayed kept the secret and everything yeah. been as it was maybe there are some people who could have done that who could have just like pushed it to the side but I do think with a secret like this and especially if her and Kale were to get married and have yeah. kids like yeah. that's that's doing a disservice to everyone like that's something that should be shared but I do think there are certain secrets like for example the father's affair never needed to come out agree if no one knew wouldn't change it it did because of you know Billy and like the effects of the affair but like that's something that if no one had found out no one ever needed to know a secret that didn't come out in the book I don't know if you caught this because it was like such a quick one line but the dad's sister's daughter was born like out of wedlock the father that she thought was her father wasn't really her dad that's why they fled Ireland yeah and oh. I had the thought of like oh my god at least one secret's being kept in this book like the whole book was just a divulgence of secrets oh that's so interesting I got so confused in the middle of the book with Grail and Claire I was like yes. who are these like, who are these Grail is the dad I realized no, no Grail Claire is the cousin is. who's a detective and then they kept saying Claire and I'm like she must be an auntie or something because <laughs> Oh, maybe Claire she is, is an the auntie. dad's sister. Claire and is yes. the daughter. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Grail is the daughter. But Claire had like an affair, and the dad of Grail is not who Grail thinks it is. Got it. So that leads to our next question. Which oh, is, I thought that. Sorry, I thought that Grail's 
Oh, so they pretended that the guy just like abandoned her, but really she or like died her. or something. Yeah, I understand. Okay, I missed that. It was really thing. quick, but I just remembered it because it was like good a secret that's not coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think Maura and Mickey Brennan's experience of the troubles in Ireland led to their habit of secret keeping? What caused the fa- the Brennans to be a family of secret keepers? Ooh, I think the mom. I think the mom is to blame. I think that she encouraged them to keep any secret that could bring quote unquote shame to the family mm-hmm. because she was so concerned as to like how they would be seen. Um, so I think that they were brought up to just make it seem like everything is perfect to so whatever would get in the way of that to just shut your mouth. Yeah, but I also think they had such a great family that, you know, it, it's more pressure to make sure that like the blemishes are hidden. Yeah. Because like they are the, the family of the big family in the town, the wealthy family in the town. He employs everyone. Like, you know, they feel that sort of pressure to make that seem like that's what it really is. I and, also think the culture, like this Irish Catholic culture, is prone to like keeping composed and kind like of like sweeping under the rug. Yeah, and also just, like, your business is your business. Like, it stays within the family, and, like, we, we like, sweep under the rug and just, like, remain buttoned up. Yes, I agree, but I don't know that much about Irish Catholic culture. Because we're completely the opposite, where we're like, let's talk about it and sob. Tell me what's on your mind now. Invisible Furies. But it did remind me of Ask Again, Yes by Mary Beth Keenan. That's what this book has been compared to a lot, which is also the story of an Irish Catholic family and all the secrets that, like, you know permeated throughout their lives and so from the books that I've read that is like a theme that I've seen but I don't want to go ahead and and like stereotype but if you are a reader who is Irish Catholic like let us know if this tracks Shuggy Bane was all about that like being in Ireland and keeping secrets but I do think in this watermelon Shuggy Bane (laughs) watermelon Shuggy Bane (laughs) (laughs) I do think that in this book a lot of the secrets were motivated by good intentions to protect others. Like, That's Danny fair. didn't want to tell about the financial crisis because he wanted to protect everyone around him. It wasn't, like, some manipulative, malicious intention. It was, like, everyone's going to freak out. I can figure this out on my own, and no one has to lose sleep besides me. Yeah, I agree with that. So, like, I don't know. There was an intentional... Not the mom. Like, her intentions were kind of bad. She didn't want to bring shame. Also, you feel a little bit of sympathy for her when she advises her daughter that way after learning about the affair because she's like, this is too much for me. Like... This family's ruining my life. I can't confront the demons again, so I'm going to tell my daughter daughter not to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, if I had to pick a villain, like, it would be the mom. 100%. Yeah, we're going to talk. We have some questions about that, so we'll, we'll get into that in our time. But is your family dynamic similar to the Brennans? In what way is it different? Well, I'm hiding a financial crisis for my family, so I think for sure <laughs> that's my, like, similar dynamic. In some ways, similar, yes, like, how you have special relationships with each sibling. Like, you can't really identify who's the closest, but, like, you have a different, you have a different go-to person for, each for like, everything in your life. But this is something that I've read about in books, and maybe in our family it's just not like this, but even when I was reading The Good Sister, has anyone read yeah. that yet? No. There's just, like, this theme in books that like siblings like they love each other and they hate each other too like sibling rivalry almost and especially like with sisters and not that there were sisters in this book but every time I read about that in a book like I really can't relate to like you know this like love hate relationship that exists between siblings like it's all love yeah I would agree with that I honestly I didn't draw a parallel from my own family to this family I don't know if that's just because like it's so different like mm-hmm. I don't have yeah. brothers I only have sisters and like it was it like there's just like a lot that does not align um and I also like immerse myself in a book whereas like I sometimes have a hard time pulling myself out like to I don't always compare myself or like put myself in the, the shoes but I agree I I guess I only just like love my sisters and we definitely don't have that competitive nature so I couldn't relate yeah but I also think the element of and here we all only have sisters Dana also so like I think that the element of like the brothers and like Sunday's relationship to them is something that we wouldn't be able to relate to so much of it was like I'm gonna beat this guy up that hurt my sister from the brother and that's just foreign to us yeah yeah yeah, you and so if Sunday's concern about telling her family is that like her brothers would literally go and kill Billy Walsh like if you're in a family of all girls like that's not the concerning you you know women tend to be like a little bit more emotionally supportive and so you might not have those same reservations about sharing. I'm gonna leave a mean comment on their Instagram. (laughs) Yeah exactly. (laughs) Why do you think the author chose to tell each chapter from a different character's point of view? Do you think it was effective? And I also want to ask Snitch considering you like this book so much but you hate 
POVs. I was thinking that the whole time. POVs jumping around. Why didn't this bother you? Because I think it was like literally picking up like from the exact same line that it came from. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's I like agree. the same line on the at the end of the chapter and the same line at the beginning of the next one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we close the you leave us on a cliffhanger and then we have to start someone else's story. That's anew. what I yeah. hate. It's not yeah. the different POVs. It's I fuck it's the ending on a chapter and you're like, oh I'm into it and then all of a sudden we're in someone else's world with someone else's problems, not about the problem that I just read about. Yeah. But here everything was pretty fucking linear, just different perspectives. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Yeah. And, like, the backbone of this story was relationships. So it was nice that they showed us each relationship and the point of view of every person. Do you think I have volume control issues? Because I just, like, I just heard, like, how low Dana talks. I have a low voice in oh, general. Yeah, and I, it's me. I just felt so loud. Because <laughs> you were being passionate. And Dana's really shy on these podcasts. She's just, like, so soft-spoken. I just sound like a man, which is why a telephone job would be amazing for me because no one would know my height or age. Well, they probably won't make you go into the office so you could go there. No, I've never thrived more at work working behind a screen because no one knows who I am. (laughs) Dana, oh my God. You're Rick. I'm Rick. Oh my God, Rick. I've actually been thinking about Clara and the Sun a lot because I realized. I'm not. I realized. (laughs) Just hear me out. Hear me out, okay? Me too, Hear me out. Maybe Maybe you'll agree with me, Snitch. Bruno is my AF. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's true. That's true. I've really like been relating. Like just every time I'm like talking with him and like just like engaging with him as we do every single day. I'm just like this is kind of like Clara and Josie. Or just like you and your pet. Jackie. No, but like I'm with you. I had a cold recently, and the whole time I was like, I need the sun. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, no, that happened to me too. I was when we were upstate this weekend. Like the point of being there was to like, get fresh air and be outside. Because I had literally been in my apartment. I was like, I don't see the sun. I'm on low battery. And then, like, when I, even when I was in the living room, I would, like, and the sun was coming in the windows. I would, like, move over to where the, the sun was because I was like, I need to charge up. Like, I'm telling you. They put you in the front window of the store. They put me You're in the front so window. lucky. Clara was onto something. Yes. No, so she was. You don't feel like Magnolia is your AF? I, no, I feel like she's, like, my best friend. She's not artificial. No, okay. but, like, you know, she helps you, you help her. No, but, her. like, when you go to the store. Like she's when, a pet. Okay, but when kids nowadays go to the store and pick out a pet, it's, like, meant to be their friend. And, like, and you could say, like, in 100 years, like, that might be, like, an artificial yeah. experience. But have the same purpose. No, I'm with you. I think about that book all the time. <laughs> I can't. I haven't thought, I haven't thought about it since we spoke about it. Except when people ask me what book shouldn't I read. Well, Brew is my AF. Okay. Get used to it. Okay. Which member of the Brennan clan do you relate to the most, if anyone? Uh. Vivian. <laughs> okay. Tell us why. Um... I'm kind of for the reasons I expressed before. I just sympathized with her. Like, yes, we can all agree. Maybe she trapped him. Like, maybe her heart wasn't in the perfect place when she met someone who was not over their ex. But, like, you know what? Then they had a family together and they thrived. And, like, they had a very healthy, healthy, happy life. And I just felt for her when it got completely ruined by the ex-girlfriend coming back around. I literally didn't feel one morsel of sadness I did. For like, her. they have a kid together. I felt sadness for the kid. Yeah, but like people get divorced. It's really not the biggest Ugh, deal. I know, ever. but I just didn't think her demands were so crazy. And I just thought he was rewriting history. Like all of a sudden now she's not the one for him. Like he doesn't like her. That's she does all these annoying point. things. Like if Sunday never came back, he wouldn't be having those thoughts. Like I really believe that. Um, no, I think that they might have hit him eventually. Like once Liam like was 18 and out of the house and it was just them two. Oh, yeah, no. He, they'd be done. Done. His name is Luke, not Liam. <laughs> well, Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Sweet Liam. Positive. You said it when we were texting too, and I just let it slide. Well, well, maybe you should have told Don't me. Don't find out. Like you would have gotten your stuff together. But. No, I totally thought. Do you relate to Jackie, Jackie? No, I really didn't, especially like his artistic flair. I found him to be very confusing yeah. as, a, as a character. Well, you think he's this like drug addict. Turns out he had right. nothing to do with it. He was sober. Like, like just about your of whole really mindset. bad luck. And he like just wants to like paint and shit. <laughs> and I didn't relate to him at all because I'm not the like artistic no. person if, I guess maybe I would relate to Sunday, but maybe because only because she was a female. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, no, I, know. I didn't. Are you good at financials? You know what? Maybe I would relate most to Kim. I know. I don't relate to any anyone more than anyone else. I relate to a lot of them on a lot of levels. Everyone's trying to do their best for their family, what they think is their best. Even if it means, like, doing what's not right for themselves, I can, like, understand that feeling. But that's where it begins and ends. Yeah. Agreed. What do you think are the most important themes of the book? Ooh, well, is this, isn't this kind of like moral of the story? Sort of, but it's like, I think the themes here would be family, 
you know, like mind loyalty, over, loyalty yeah. yeah, heart versus mind, honesty, Love, like really your secrets trust. will like your secrets will kill you like yeah. on so many levels. First of all, the best thing Denny did was share his financial burdens. The team came together, figured, figured it out, it out. Yep. you know, even with Sunday, like her living in LA, like with this secret for five years, just like, and not even she was, she didn't have a job in, in writing really. Like she was just like hiding. Mm-hmm. No, like that's, that's, no a, way to that's live. a terrible and way to live. And they described her as like standing up straighter and having more bounce the second after she told the secret. Like mm-hmm. that is their theme. Yeah. Your secrets mm-hmm. will kill you. Yeah. How did learning about the history between the Brennans and the Walshes change your view of Billy? You quickly learned. Uh, I mean, he had I didn't. I didn't yeah, I didn't have a view about of him before, and then I hated him. Well, yeah. you you sort of had a sense that something was up. Yeah. Like this person is not just going to fork over their cash and like ask no questions and be so laissez-faire about every aspect of the repayment. Yeah. yeah, the minute we met him, I put it together that he was the one who um, did something traumatic to Sunday. Oh wow! Because I did when we met him, I was like, now because I've been reading a lot, and like you know, it's just like in. Um, Big Little Lies, how every character like answers the question for another character. So it's like, okay, the answers are in here already. Yeah. And I was like, we met him, I was like, this could be a nice guy for Sunday. And I was like, or was this the guy for Sunday? Yeah. And I didn't know what had happened yet, but I was like, okay, Billy's bad. I, I knew love it. that observation. Like the more you read, the easier it is to pick out what's going to happen in the next book, even yeah. when they have nothing to do with one another. Yeah, I used to be someone who like would not think about what the end could possibly be. And then like, it just be, is so obvious. Yeah. I just like have such a crazy question of like, Okay, Billy's dead, and, like, he doesn't have, like, an estate or a beneficiary, I imagine. So, like, do they have to pay back that loan? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Good question. Getting Thank into you. the deep, nuanced finances of this loan. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, like, hopefully that they there is someone that they should pay to, because they shouldn't also, like, get away with, like, robbery in addition to murder. Because um, it's not so much about the money, it's just, like, the threat of Billy. For sure. I'm genuinely just yeah. curious. Like, not because I necessarily want them to, like, not have to pay it back. I'm just like, who do I'm they sure even pay like that a, money to? Like, the I'm, bank? I'm sure there's, like, a cousin somewhere, you know? Yeah. I would imagine it It gets paid somehow, some way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Sunday's coming back into Kale's life was ultimately a good thing for Kale? What about for Sunday? I think there was so much unfinished business and so much left to be discussed. And that... Like, they they ended at such an abrupt high point in their life that it was so unfinished. It wasn't like they fizzled out and she yeah. moved away. Like, they were literally engaged about to be married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, she said that when he walked in from Ireland, she cried and she missed him so much. Like, they were so head over heels in love with each other that... Uh, they had to see each other at some point and this was, like, inevitable. And so they just... I mean, it was delayed five years or expedited, however you want to look at it, but it needed to happen. Yeah. It was definitely good for Sunday. I don't think there was anything she lost in that. Uh, he had more baggage to have to deal with, but ultimately, like, you're I right. felt really bad for Cal. Me yeah. too. Because he was just trying to do his best, like, with a really bad... His and, like, you knew how she... badly he wanted to be with Sunday, but he's like, well, fuck, I have his wife and child, and, yeah. like, that is such a complication that... It, 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 like that is so so hard yeah mm-hmm. he really fought it for a long time like he did i, I think did everybody acted really admirably yeah. and like not in a way where it's like oh I, like why is so and so doing this or this is a terrible person like everybody really tried to do their best and like put their personal feelings aside which like i said is like something that's extremely admirable yeah and hopefully relatable you would hope that you would like do the right thing yeah or at least try i also yeah. like that we didn't really find that we didn't see them together but in denny's perspective he's like oh sunday and kill they'll inevitably they'll like take some time and then they inevitably will find their themselves back together which is how the author tells us that they're going to end up together yeah i liked the way that that was placed yeah did you expect the ending to unfold the way that it did I didn't really think that there was going to be a murder. No. No, me neither. No, me I neither. didn't expect that. But I did think they would end up together. I really did. Eventually, like, as I, as I read the book more and more, I th- figured they'd end up together. Um, and then, like, the second that they kissed, I was like, oh, it's game over. Um, but, yeah, no, the murder I didn't expect. I loved the part when Vivian, when they were all huddled together and the cousin was warning them about the murder, and it comes out that he gave Billy Walsh the money, and Vivian's like, what is wrong with you? Like, the whole town knew your dad was banging Billy Walsh's mom, and you guys really didn't know? Like, you're yeah. so dumb. No, I agree. Like, when she, and she was saying all these, like, really harsh truths, yes. and I liked that whoever's perspective it was, like, 
everyone was like, yeah. No. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Like, you guys were so obsessed with how great you were that you couldn't, like, see, like, yes. any flaws. And it's like, yep, yeah, yeah, no, we were, we were those <laughs> yeah. people. Yes. That was a really good scene. It was a really good scene. And it's like, it, it, it was annoying that she was there because obviously, like, things came to light. But yeah. she really, like, was a great voice of reason. Yes. But it also goes to show how the secret messed up everything tenfold because if Denny was honest with Kale and Kale had a better, more open understanding partnership with Vivian, yeah. he would have said, we're taking this money from this person and right. she would have been like, red flag, do not right. so proceed. True. Of course. Right. Secrets will kill you. So what do you think will happen next for these characters? Is it happily ever after? Yeah. I think it's happily ever after for Kale and Sunday, for sure. I think What that- about for Denny's in Mamaronek? I mean, yeah, Mamaronek. Brennan's. In yeah. the Maranek? Well, what, now that Thriving. they have the money figured out, I think that they'll be totally fine. It's yeah. so funny, the insertion of a Maranek in this I book. Know, like, I we know. all know a Maranek and a million people from it, and I just like wasn't expecting to have that level of closeness. So is the town West Manor a real town? I meant to look it up. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. But actually, when we were upstate this weekend, we were driving back. We were like... On, we were driving on the Taconic and they were explaining how like all these towns are off of the Taconic. Yeah. And I didn't see a sign for West Manor, but I also hadn't started the book yet or else I would have been looking at it. Have, I haven't heard of it, but I would think it's real only because Mamaronek is real. We're That's real. what I was going to say. Real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> um, okay. Let's get into the redhead questions. We got some great questions from our readers as we always do. So let's start. I usually don't mind stories with multiple POVs, but I struggled with this one. I found that I wasn't really able to relate to any of the characters that deeply because we switch from one person to the next so often. Did you feel the same way? Did you like the multiple points of view? And how did that influence your feelings about the characters? We talked about this a little bit, but I liked getting a a window into what everyone was thinking. And I liked that it was like a small window, but that there wasn't any real mystery about like, what is this person thinking? Yeah, I don't think we necessarily necessarily needed the most in-depth look at Sunday's heart, mind, and soul and Denny's, but not like Jackie and Shane's. Like we learned a little bit from each of them and I felt like that was enough to convey the message and themes of the story. Yeah. Agreed. And Snatchler, you liked it too. Yeah. Yes. Well, similarly, we read a first-person account of events from every member of the Brennan family except for the youngest brother, Shane. I wish we had... Yeah. Was, yeah, we know that Shane is developmentally delayed and that has created a unique dynamic between him and his siblings, as well as relatively a devastating relationship with the late Mrs. Brennan. I understand there would be certain intricacies and difficulties in accurately portraying Shane's POV and leaving him out of the first person club was likely very intentional. While I'm not sure what a chapter from Shane's POV would look like, I'm sort of disappointed that we did not get one. Do you have any thoughts about leaving Shane's first person POV out of the novel? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it, but at one point in the book, they said that Shane was the barometer for how their family was doing. I loved that line. I loved that too. And so that felt to me like everything else we were reading from everybody else's point of view sums up how Shane was doing. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. I I don't know if that line was in there to like answer this particular question because I didn't think about it while I was reading. And now when I'm looking back, I'm like, okay, we did hear from Vivian. We did hear from Mickey. We didn't hear from Billy Walsh, did we? No. No. Um, did we hear from anyone else that you wouldn't have expected? Like, we never heard even, like, from Mara. You know, they could have done a, a past chapter from right. her POV. Eh, that would be I weird. feel like the Shane... No, but I feel like with... And we'll get to her still. But, like, I feel like with Mara, obviously, she's in this villainous role. Um, we didn't hear from the aunt and the cousin. Yeah. I'm good on that. Yeah, I'm that's okay fine. That. That's fine by me. <laughs> Except I would have actually liked to hear the POV of the aunt or cousin that worked in the... Like that was the detective. Really? Yeah, like, like I would have liked to be final chapter, like or like them in like the police station and her like seeing things, being like, Meh. you know, or in the final chapter, like after they, you know, they found the gun and whatever, and like maybe Grail sees something in the case that like doesn't add up with the story. Yeah, but she maybe like burns it or something. Mm. It's also that like would be every a crazy way to end. Chapter it. was so secret centric. It felt like every time you were reading it, it's like, okay, let's hear how this person stumbled upon this secret and what they're hiding. And Shane didn't really have any secrets. Well, <laughs> Shane did divulge a secret about their dad. Right. That's what I mean. Like Shane car, didn't which, like that's true. harbor any secrets. Like with yeah. Shane, you saw what you got and like maybe they didn't need a chapter on him because he was just pure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. 
What would you have done if you were in Sunday shoes? Would you have left your family and fiance for California and shut off communication for years? Or would you have stayed and tried to make it work? I don't think that in the family that you and I are in <laughs> that we would have been allowed to do the latter. Yeah. Like if I tried to leave, didn't really give a reason, and then didn't speak to you for five years. like I'd I show- would show up at your door. I'd say, Satchel, get back. Like it just it's wouldn't. It's not an option. Back to the bunk. You wouldn't make it that far. Yes. You wouldn't make it that so, far. To answer your question, probably the former. Yeah. I can't say because, you know, we're not in her position. But, no, I don't think California. Like, she could have even gone to, like, New York City, you know, yeah. and had some distance. And it didn't have to be so painful yeah. for everyone. It's also just, like, her secret was no fault of her own. And I I understand she kept it because she felt shame and she felt guilty, et cetera. But... It's just frustrating because anyone who heard her side would never feel anything beyond sympathy for her. So Mm -hmm. I wish she just kind of had that foresight to be like, this will be hard for me to tell, but if I do, it'll be so much better. Well, the first and only person who heard her side did not have sympathy The mother, yeah, she's ruined it. But she kind of said, she's like, I think I told my mom because subconsciously I knew she'd react this way and I wanted an excuse to leave. I never would have left. That was the most absurd thing in the entire world. Like, I get that people are suffering through some intense stuff, but like... You have a amazing, a loving, like the most amazing loving family and the most amazing future fiance, and like you're just dipping, like bye. it's crazy. It's she the craziest did, like, thing in the world. Like, like no amount of pain or suffering could have gotten me to that point. She, I think, like justified it to herself by continuously telling herself it was temporary. Like she kept being like, "I just need to get my head straight. Like I'll get there, I'll feel better, and then I'll come back." And then she just never came back. When Jackie is confronted about keeping Sunday's secret, he says, "It wasn't my secret to keep." Do you think it was best for everyone that the secret was kept for so long? How do we as people, as well as the characters in the books, balance doing what's best for someone versus their desire to keep something private? I think that while I admire Jackie's loyalty to his sister, that he did his family a great disservice Mm -hmm. by not telling them what happened. I felt bad for Jackie. It's a really, like, hard spot. It's a really hard spot to be in. And it was... Wasn't it wasn't his place. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, sure, it would have made things easier if he told someone and people could have rallied around her. But but maybe not. Like, she wasn't ready at not. that point to share. And then she would have been so mad at Jackie. She might not have been as honest with her family because she would have just been compounded with shame. And, like, she really needed to do it on her own terms, even though that was unfortunately when Kale was already married and five years had passed. I know. It's so hard because I was thinking, like, they they really should have just talked about it when it happened if that meant Jackie spilling it to members of the family before she was ready but I was like the up like the downside of that is like you never know like how Sunday could have reacted and like she could have like and she could have been right about Kale's reaction you know like there could have been so many implications of that being exposed and like people weren't as mature as they were five years later and like you know you really it's and so, it was it's on the so mom's hard. shoulders, too. Like, Jackie did convince Sunday to tell her mom. And after that, he was probably like, well, this is a shared burden now. Like, if she's not going to tell. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. And, like, the adults, adult knows. Yes. And maybe that is what's best. Like, he is just going still. Yeah. What did you think about Kale and Sunday's relationship? I was so conflicted about whether or not it was a healthy relationship for them and almost wanted Sunday to give Michael a shot. I mean, you know how I feel about Michael. Justice for him. Like, <laughs> maybe Grail is single and could get it with him. I thought Michael was going to be involved somehow in the murder. Like, I thought that's where the book was going. Yeah, he was just point. like a perfect character. So helpful, so heroic. Yep. Like, always there when you needed him. Um, I think Sunday and Kale have a healthy relationship. Like, they clearly are just like so meant for each other it's neither of their faults what happened between them yeah and I think like going forward now that they've dealt with everything and he's you know saying goodbye to Vivian they'll take their time and they'll get together like they'll live happily ever after really agreed I I thought it was the opposite of unhealthy like they tried really hard to not be be involved again and like they just couldn't help it I agree Michael and Vivian should get together Yes. yes oh my god <laughs> yes. yes he'd be so down to pay for her house in the Maranek and the, with the manicured lawns and the spa and the, and the club her mom would totally approve of him a hundred percent why didn't she go for him in the first place like it's a small town he wow. went to the Ivy League because she wanted like the, the star not no. not the, not the smarty no not I think she wanted the businessman beau and like she thought this this bar owner yeah. was that he was like Dartmouth Yale yeah like, Big leagues. Yep. Yeah. She needs that. She needs that. He solved I, everything. 
I agree. What do you think was going on with the mom? Did the backstory about Mickey's affair and her struggle with feeling responsible for Shane's disability make her more empathetic to you guys? Her blatant, her blatant disregard for all her kids besides Denny was so weird to me. I agree. I mean, by the end, it, they spun it to be like more redeeming for her. Her husband was having an affair on her. So, of course, that's going to make you a miserable person. But it also felt like, not that this is an excuse, but he had an affair because she was a miserable person. That's what I was going to say. Like, she was a miserable person before the affair. Yeah, like, she seems so miserable, like, really, to play favorites in such a blatant way is just, like, so awful. To put so much onus on her children to take care of each other is awful. To have these, like, physical ailments, to keep Sunday from going to Ireland, Ireland, like, that was... Every, like, the physical ailments that were also, like, Munchausen-y, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Just at every turn, like, this was not a good parent. Agreed. Oh, the the dinner table conversation of Sunday's award being announced and it being glossed over, it was so heartbreaking and just... Like, my soul was crushed in that moment. Yeah. They also described Shane's birth as kind of the crumbling of the marriage, but everyone else maintained a very great relationship with Shane. Like, the mother really just could have tried harder to make that work. Like, they did describe how they gardened together, and that was their point of redemption, but I don't know, bitch. Like, this is your son. Like, figure it out. Yeah, I I would agree. I found her to, if there was a villain, aside from Billy, it's her. Um, And I feel like the, the dad... And there were times where it seemed like he's checked out, always reading the newspaper, blah, blah, blah. But, like, his idea, and I feel like we see this in a lot of books, like, his idea of being a good dad is being a provider. And yeah. he, that's what he did. And and he didn't have love in his life. And he went and found it. And even the way they described the affair was, like, kind of respectful. Like, they were just friends at first. Yeah. And they would just get coffee and, like, talk about Ireland. And, like, and then it turned into something more. And, like, they thought that they, they were being really coy about it. But apparently they weren't. I was annoyed when Vivian was like, he only provided financial support. She needed emotional support. I'm like, financial support is no small thing. Like, he supported four children and a wife. Like, maybe he could have been more emotional, but everyone always knocks financial support as, like, not being enough when it's, like, a pretty big no, part of it. It's a really it's good like 50%. Start. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good start. start. Do you know what I was reminded of with it? Dean Unglert's episode of The Bachelor when they met his father. And his whole thing was, like, he only paid for us, but he never gave us any emotional support. Yeah. And, like... On the toast episode, I remember we were kind of like, we feel bad for the dad a little yeah. bit. Like I did feel that, bad for the dad. That was his way of coping. Episode. I don't remember that that was his um, <laughs> act to grind with his dad, was that he. There were a lot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that sums it up. I agree. Okay, last question from the Redheads. This book reminded me of Malibu Rising and the way it captured the roles that siblings play and how even throughout a lifetime we fall back into the same roles. I'm also from a family of four, so I'm curious for Jackie and Snitch, do you see these patterns in your family? Which characters did you relate, all relate to most? So I don't think it's, it's not parallel at all, but I do think like for the oldest, like Denny and like Olivia, like they, Mm mm-hmm feel that like burden of responsibility and usually like the oldest is the overachiever like Denny was with his soccer and like growing up Olivia was like so smart and just like really just a great kid then for Sunday her role in but then her role in the family was really being like the caretaker yeah like peacemaker which is kind of you you think counselor didn't care of you yes Okay, cool, cool. And then, like, Jackie with his art. That's Claudia. Claudia with her (laughs) art. I see it. And Shane is the lovable sweet one who's the barometer of the family, like the Snatchler. I agree. When the the Snatch is good, the rest don't matter. It's true. (laughs) So maybe there are some similarities just to, like, you know, the oldest, youngest, and middle child dynamics. Yeah. Also, I agree about the Malibu Rising Me too. Yeah, me too. But again, with Malibu Rising, when I look, look back on it, I don't look back on it that fondly. Like, I feel like the relationship between the siblings was good, but, like, it wasn't any, it wasn't, like, iconic, memorable, like. Didn't pull at your heartstrings. It did not pull at my heartstrings. Agreed. But they, but they were good siblings. And yeah. They took care of each other. They were other. perfectly fine. And, like, the oldest, like, literally dropped out of school at, like, 16 <laughs> and was like, and it's just, I, but I, that's not what I remember about the book. Agreed. For some reason. Okay, now it is time for the moral of the story. I never choose a moral until after we're I done talking one. about it. But Snitch, tell us yours. The truth shall set you free. Agreed. That's mine too. Honesty is the best policy, which is basically the same. Yep. I'm going to quote the fray. Sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. Wow. No one did secrets will your secrets That's a really good quote. I don't know if, if it's not so applicable. applicable it, is. it just kind of was stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But like the hard thing here was just like honesty. Yeah. Yeah, and leaving his wife and kid. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was the right thing, though. <laughs> okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. But before we get into the Hollywood treatment, we need to talk about a different Hollywood treatment, which is Dirty John. You may be familiar with Dirty John, but there's so much more to the story. Now told in Deborah's words with the help of New York Times bestselling author M. William Phelps comes Surviving Dirty John, a new book featuring insights and revelations never before made public about Deborah, her family, and her relationship with the notorious con man. More than a sensational expose, Surviving Dirty John is a story of trauma, denial, and deception, shedding light on the realities of coercive control from the perspective of a survivor. It's also the story of hope, healing, courage, and love. So if you guys love the Dirty John series and you love true crime, you will love this book. If It is the perfect gift for a true tr- crime junkie in your life. Wow, true crime junkie in your life. <laughs> you get new, never-before-shared insights into Deborah's life before and after John, and it includes previously unpublished photos. So check out the book. It is out now called Surviving Dirty John. Learn more and get your copy of Surviving Dirty John today by visiting survivingdirtyjohn.com slash book. Hollywood treatment. Who did you have for Sunday? I shall go first because I think I realized in the middle of the book who I would cast and then it summed it up towards the end. Phoebe Devner from Bridgerton and Younger. Pete wow. Davidson's ex. Pete Davidson's ex. I was going to say her. That's a good because one. also in Younger, she played an Irish girl. Hmm. And she has red hair. I was going to, I was fully going to say her, but I didn't write her down, but that's a good one. She's the right age and I just That's a good one. Her. Thank you. I she's had like two like cute for me like I like pictured Sunday like she was a little nondescript for me she was nondescript so there's no wrong answer unless yeah. it's Billy. so Eilish. that's why I had Shailene Woodley <laughs> oh that's Wait, wrong that's who I had really yeah oh my god fuck you know it's not a good sign when <laughs> no, you're that's not a good oh sign I feel I felt like she was so random when I picked her but it was for those exact reasons no, like nondescript is like not positive if you're beautiful or ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's literally exactly why I picked her. Like, kind of hate her, but kind of love her. Yeah. But yes. Oh, my God. I had Ani Taylor-Joy. Okay. I feel she like she could like, do it. She, you could throw her at any project. Exactly. And she'll totally. make it work. Okay, then for Kale, I couldn't think of any actors. I chose Tom Holland. I don't even know who that Are is. Are you kidding? I Jackie, don't... Tom Holland looks like a baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it is. <laughs> and my brain wasn't working. I'm sorry, Snitch. I actually did something similar. I just Googled actors because like, nothing was 20s. coming. Wait, I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think I actually did scruffy actors. <laughs> I had a Zachary Levi, which I actually think is a Great. good one. Great. I had Matt Damon because I was thinking... Like right. along the lines yeah. of um, what's that movie? Goodwill Hunting. Yes, Goodwill yeah. Hunting of like hard work and man. Yeah, <laughs> who's fifty now? Yes. <laughs> Dana. I had John Krasinski. 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 Okay, you know what? He's a, he's actually the right vibe. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. Is your cast the best choice <laughs> for the part? Okay. Then for Denny, I was influenced by the pictures that are surfacing of Luckiest Girl Alive filming in New York because I'm literally I can't living for them. That. I'm so excited. And so I chose Finn Whitrock, who's playing, um, you know, Ani's boyfriend, and he's also from The Big Short, and he's just such a cutie, and he's like a. A, a wide-shouldered man. Yeah. You know, like a... I, like, I... You will not know who this is, but if you see his face, you'll know who he is, but Chris Dowd? Okay. I think I knew who that is. Hold on. How do you spell Dowd? D apostrophe O-W-D. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Bridesmaids. Uh, yes. He's the police officer in Bridesmaids. Oh, I love yes. him. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank okay, you. cool. Bex? I had Chris Pratt. Nice. Like broad shouldered yeah. hunk. Yeah, like older brother. Yeah. But they were all also like weirdly in their 20s. Like I know. Sunday was I like think 23. I, yeah. I think I aged them 10 years. Yeah, that's fine. I thought I thought Sunday was like 30. But like. I thought Kale was 35. She was in college and then it was five years later. Like 26 max. Yeah, that, that actually like would have changed my perspective in the whole book. Like I really thought we were dealing with a 35 year old woman. No, we were, they were like kids still. Like yeah. Kale's a year, 27. Denny's 27. Jackie must be 25. Like they're really fucking Yeah, they're young. really young. <laughs> They're like running their own business and shit. Yeah. It's yeah. insane to me. This is like <laughs> yeah. too much for the brain to, to process. I agree. I had John Stamos. Okay. All I'm right. sure that you did have John Stamos. That's sense. <laughs> Do you want to <laughs> take back what you said? No, I, she had the best casting for Kale. I'll stand by that. Oh, fine. Yes. Okay, now it is time for our overall rating of this book. This episode has influenced my rating. I'm not going to lie. Snatcher, what did you rate? This I gave book? it a four or five. 
Wow. I gave it a four or five also because I gave it a five once I finished reading it on like in my Goodreads, which I'm always generous, but I would bump that down to a four or five. Okay, great. I gave it a three eight. Okay. I gave it a three five. Okay. Okay. I feel like this will be like an appropriate rating. I think it's going to be a little high. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> did some like really bad calculation. Three, eight, and a three, five. Mm-hmm. Divided by four. Sorry. Nope. Stop okay, it. I'm going to. Wait, four, five. Ten plus three. Four point five plus three point. Oh, my God. Fuck. I fucked up again. <laughs> four point. Four point one. The answer is four point one. Okay. It's, that's the answer. Four point one. Okay. Four point one. Do a calculation. <laughs> Wow, okay. I mean, I think the Redheads community really love this book. I think they really book. liked it, yeah, so no, it's I feel like the that sums up the comments I was seeing. I do, too. I do, Great. too. I feel like it's a fair representation, albeit high. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Okay, now it is time for the other books we read this month. Snatchler? Nothing to contribute here. It's also only been three weeks. Yeah, since it was a short month. Up on me. It did sneak up because yeah. last month we recorded way late on an ep- on a thursday that was already late in the month and now we're september 2nd yeah but it's good to be back on schedule september. holy crap i know it's so beautiful bex do you read anything i'm in the middle of a book right now which i always do it's the hearts invisible furies yes. uh which dana recommended and was conveniently on already on my kindle so my mother must have read it because she and i share a kindle <laughs> uh and so far it's fantastic and dana has sung its praises so i'm really excited to continue my read awesome dana I read Finally for You, Snitch, It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. What do you think? It was good. Like, yeah. I feel the same way I do after all most of her books was just like, I'm happy I read that. I yeah, and the thing is it, with but... her books now is just like, they're so overhyped, you're never going to love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I felt. I gave it a 3.4. Um, I read The People We Keep by Allison Larkin. Pretty good, solid book. I gave it a 4.1. I actually really enjoyed it. I read The Paper Palace by Marana Cowley Hell, and I gave it a 3.2. I've been seeing that. In a lot of places, but a 3.2, you didn't... I, I don't know. I think I was also, like, in the... It's a book that, like, goes back and forth between time a lot, and, you, like, you kind of know what's going to happen. I think if I read it at a different time in my life, I would have rated it higher, but... Yeah. Also, the author's name is Miranda. Like, Miranda. <laughs> and not Miranda Cowley Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay. It's not John Krasinski Kinky. <laughs> Exactly. And I also read but didn't finish, which I rarely do, but I just could not get through it, White Teeth by Zadie Smith. It's like a critically acclaimed, very famous novel. I'll have to give it another chance another day, but my head was just not there. You're not going to. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I mean, Josh. You don't have to. You know, you Yeah, no, I don't have to, but it's like it's weird when I don't like books that the whole entire world's raving about. So like yeah. it's a me problem. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, I read It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. It was the book that Snitch was going to choose for the Redheads. Very rom-com YA, like Snitch's Choice. And I liked it so much because it was a really great love story, but it was so raunchy porny that I am so Gotta glad. read it. Gotta I'm read it. so Love glad that. we didn't read it. <laughs> like, I would recommend it to everyone, but I don't want to talk about it with you guys. So, like, everyone can go read it in their own time. And I just, like, I loved the main characters. Like, their love story was, like, I was feeling the love, and I was like, these two are just everything. You felt it in your lines? I felt it in my, like, oh but my just, God. like, Stop. in the beginning, I was like, it's like a Hallmark setup, and I was like, okay, this is going to be, like, fucking corny. And then just the connection between the two of them, like the conversations that they have, like I was just really a believer in their love story. And they also, it has a sequel, but it's like from the sister's perspective. And like the sister was a total dud. Like I can't, I'm not interested. I hate when they do that, when they make like a sequel about people you don't care about. Yeah, like her sister, the main character's sister was just like so one dimensional, like just obsessed with old records. Like, I'm sorry, that's not a personality. Are you guys hearing me? Gus, yeah. No, but that's (laughs) like, if I loved a book and I loved every character, I would be interested potentially in like reading someone else's shoot off story, but not this one. Then I read The Personal Librarian by Marie Benedict, which I've been seeing in a lot of places. It was like in the airport, and it's a historical fiction book about the woman who curated uh, J.P. Morgan's library, and she has such an interesting story. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, so I'll just leave it at that, but... Bex, I think you would really like I it. I want to read this. You should really you should read it, and then we'll go to the library because <gasps> it's like around. It's on 36th in Madison. I would love that, Jack. Yeah, no, it was a really great book. I gave that four stars. And then I read Rules of Civility by Amor Tools, 
which Dana recommended to me and I liked it so much. I gave it four stars. I love the main character. I thought she was a great girl, like a great girl to be following throughout her life. And there was a lot of fabulosity. It was like New York in like 1938, which actually doesn't sound like it would be fabulous <laughs> at all. But she ran in a fabulous circle yes. of people. So I really enjoyed that. Then I also started a book, but I wasn't getting through it fast enough and I had to read We Are the Brennans. It's called Empty Mansions and it is the story of a huge jet Clark it's like a really crazy story she like just died a few years ago at like 103 years old and her dad like built a lot of the railroads his name was W.A. Clark we never heard of him but he's like a Rockefeller type um but and they have like all of these huge homes across the country that are all empty because like she's chosen to live in the last 20 years in a hospital what yeah so it's like getting to the mystery of like who is this woman and like what happened will you pick it back up now I'm gonna pick it up back up now but it was just taking me a really long time so, without, how many books is that? That's three and a half books. That's what I had. It's oh, funny yeah. that we both didn't finish a book this month. Yeah, because, but I intend to, but you don't. Right. Um, okay, so now it is my turn to choose what book we'll be reading next. Drum roll, please. And you know, I like to, I like to switch it up every time. You never know what you're going to get from yes. me. And we are finally reading our first thriller <gasps> in the Redheads because I've been seeing some people asking for it and... Everybody loves a thriller. That will be fun. (laughs) And Paula Hawkins, who is the author of Girl on the Train, just came out with her new book. It dropped yesterday. It's called A Slow Fire Burning. And that is what we will be reading. I'm so so excited. I hope it lives up to, you know, that book, which was so iconic and amazing. And I feel like this will just be like a really fun read. And we get to talk about a thriller. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited too. You're excited, Satcher? Well, I was going to pick it. (laughs) Right. What's crazy about this book is when Snitch was picking for last month, she sent me three books. And one of them was We Are the Remnants. The other one was the porn book I just read. (laughs) And the other one was this one. But then we realized it wasn't out yet. So I was like, I will keep tabs on. Like (laughs) We've already done that. (laughs) Maybe I'll pick it. And then nothing else came up this month that I wanted to read more. So that's great. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, thank you all for another wonderful episode of The Redhead Snatcher. Thank you for a great book choice that Happy inspired thank you, Snatch. lively conversation. And we will see you all next month. Bye. 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 Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Ooh.